Hello, hello, hello. This is Christopher Radiant Fire Radio. I trust that you are doing well. Man, you know, when God places two people together in marriage and unity, and they are destined for purpose, they complement each other. I want to share some teachings with you that God has given my wife. I'm going to share them here on Radiant Fire Radio because I believe with all of my heart you need to understand the depths of what is going on. My wife started a series called The War on Gender. It's several parts. I'm going to share these in their entirety because I believe you need to hear the research that she put together and that she did. This is going to be part one. I want you to enjoy. Pay very close attention because she gives a lot of detail and a lot of information on what is going on with the war on gender. This is episode 15 of Daughters of the King. If you're not subscribed to her YouTube channel, I highly encourage you to go subscribe to that because she really uh, gives the perspective of the heart of God on a lot of different subjects and a lot of different topics. I'm blessed by this woman. I, I really am. I'm so excited about what God is doing in her. I see it. Other people see it. But most importantly, she's just sharing her heart from God and what he wants his people to do and into how he wants them to grow up and to gain an understanding of what life is all about. So take a listen at this. The War on Gender Part 1. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Daughters of the King. I'm Catherine Gore. Thank you for joining me tonight. Tonight, I want to talk about in the beginning. In the beginning. I want to take us all the way back to the beginning so we can understand that God had a plan from the beginning. Okay. Now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Forming the earth, he called forth light to separate light from darkness. Now, this is God creating day and night. He created the sky and spoke dry ground into existence. In, into existence, I'm sorry. This is God uh, creating the land. The gathered water he called seas. God spoke beautiful trees and plants to come forth to produce vegetation. So basically, um, he was creating the vegetables and fruit upon the land. He called forth light once again to separate day from night, but this time to serve as a sign to mark sacred times days and years. He created the stars, placing them in the sky to give light upon the earth. God created the animals of the sea and the birds of the air according to their kind. And he blessed them by saying, be fruitful and increase in number. God is all about reproduction. He's all about multiplying, okay, growth. Um, I really don't think that God wants anything to be stagnant. Okay. Now, um, God created every living creature according to their kind. And he saw that it was good. 
Now, I did leave more of what he had done out just uh, for time purposes or just to save time. But God created all of these beautiful, wonderful things that no man could ever do. God did this. And in all of this beauty, he created man. Rivers were flowing into the garden and God placed man in the garden to work and take care of the garden. God knew it was not good for man to be alone and decided to make a helper suitable for him. The Lord caused the man to fall asleep. He actually put him into a deep sleep. Taking one rib from the man, he created a woman and brought her to the man. The man understood that she came from him and they became one flesh. I find it to be super interesting that immediately man understood that this was his wife. This was his wife. He understood that she came from his flesh and that they were to be joined together. You know, Adam had some kind of knowledge that only the father could have given him. And I find it to be fascinating the way that the Bible writes it out because it's it's almost like you have to read in between the lines to get the understanding of what God has actually done. He gave man knowledge. He built a relationship with man. When God created the animals, he brought them to Adam and said, you name, you name the animals. And I find it to be interesting that God cared enough about Adam to want him to use the knowledge, to use the the senses and the brain that he placed inside of man to live in this world that he created, to live on earth that he created. They had dominion over the whole entire earth, man and woman together as one. Okay. And this was God's perfect plan. Now, God does not make mistakes. Adam was the first man walking on earth And out of Adam, God created a woman called Eve. Now, Genesis 1, 27 through 29 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. You know, when he created the the animals of the sea, and the birds, he told them, go, go and um, be fruitful, you know, go and um, create your kind, 
be be reproductive. But when it came to man, God instantly told his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He said, let us make man, let us, let us make man out of our own image, out of our likeness. And I think that is such an honor, given the fact of who God is, the ruler and creator of all things. He created man to look like him, to be like him, to carry his nature. Maybe it's just me, y'all, but I find this to be fascinating. It's an honor, right? Because you're going to read. I don't know if I put it in here or not, but you're going to you're going to understand that God gave man authority to have dominion over the earth, to rule and reign over all he created and told them, go be fruitful subdue the land, possess the land. Everything that I created, the trees, the plants, the fruit, the animals, it's all for you. It's all for you. It, it was a, a source of food, a source of of um, living for them. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want y'all to understand that this is who God is. So he he basically um created all of these things and he placed man in the middle of the garden to rule and reign on the earth, okay? Man and woman together as one. Now, for God to create both man and women or woman in his image, according to his likeness, bless them with the, uh, dominion over all things, giving them freedom to live as man and woman together as one, living productive lives, reproducing their offspring, um, to have humanity grow into the image of God, tells me that God highly favors man. It tells me that God loves man. Psalms 8 says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Listen to this, y'all. 
You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Do y'all understand this? You made them rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet. All flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the path of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We just read that God has crowned us, mankind, humanity, with glory and honor. What does this mean? To me, it means he is completely satisfied with the works of his hands. He created mankind in which we call humanity and he blessed man and woman to be joined together, becoming one flesh. Man needs something from woman and the woman needs something from man. Together, they are suitable for one another. This is the perfect will of God and God's plans have not changed today. God doesn't change, but the heart of man does. So right from the very beginning, right from the very beginning, um, when God created the heavens and the earth, God created all of these beautiful things and he created man to rule and reign. Out of man, he created woman. Together, this was God's perfect plan. Okay. Malachi 3.6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Earlier I said that God said, Let us make um, man out of our image. And us is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. Now, Genesis 6, 5, 6 says something different here. It talks about the heart of man. Just a moment ago, I said God doesn't change, but the heart of man does. Now, um, this scripture says the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. God was hurt. I want y'all to understand this because that's what grieved means. You're, you're hurt, you're mourning, right? His heart was in distress because the children that he loved, the children that he crowned with glory and honor, mankind, humanity, he created them to look like him, but 
they changed their look. They no longer looked like the Father in heaven. And it grieved his heart. They didn't want to follow him or live according to the plans and purposes that God designed for them to walk in while they was here on the earth. Can you imagine God's God's heart being grieved to the point where his heart just aches? You know, people used to say God doesn't cry because he knows all things. No, God weeps. God weeps. Where do you think we get our emotions and tears from? Where do you think we get hurt and pain from? If God created us in his image, in his likeness, in his character, why wouldn't he weep? Jesus wept. So, the heart of the father was full of sorrow and pain. And this was in the time of Noah. Now, in this time, I told y'all the other week, two weeks ago, um, that I had a Noah moment. And I really was thinking about how it seemed as if a small percentage of people were true believers and the rest of the world um, kind of, it just kind of felt like the world the earth was closing in with darkness and the people was going to miss God a big handful of people and I was just like, whoa, you know, what I was feeling in my spirit. I was just like, whoa. And it, it was a little oppressing. I'm not going to lie. And I, I I was in that moment for a minute. And then I was like, this is crazy. I can't stay here because knowing the heart of the father, knowing that he does not uh, desire for anyone to go um into damnation into hell you can feel the the father's heart for his children and many people at this moment have taken this plan that i i just read and has totally distorted the perfect plan of god for man and woman This is the introduction of the war on gender. In case I didn't tell you that, this is the introduction. Um, let's go to Genesis 6-11. Uh, I was just telling you that um, God's heart was grieved. And this is around the time of Noah. Now, Genesis 6-11 says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. Um, this is where, excuse me, this is where 
um, things are headed. The, the harvest is coming in, right? It's going to be a beautiful time. Beautiful times. Miracles, signs, and wonders are about to take place. But I can't help but to think about how we're living in the last days and iniquity is running rampant in the world, right? Um, in case you don't know what iniquity is, iniquity is another word for uh, wickedness. But let me let me go a little bit deeper here. Iniquity is immoral or grossly unfair behavior. Wickedness, sinfulness, immorality. Now, immoral means not conforming to accepted standards or morality or of morality, excuse me. So that's what um, immoral means. Not conforming to accepted standards of morality. Now, you may say, well, what is morality? Morality means principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior, like right behavior, righteousness, virtue. Immorality means um, the state or quality of being immoral, which is wickedness, corruption, dishonesty, debauchery. Here's one for you. Perversion. Perversion. Perversion is the simple definition of the twisting of the truth. And this is where we are today. This is where we are. This is another word. Perversion is another word for distortion or misrepresentation. You know, I was looking these words up and misrepresentation really fell in my spirit. And I said, oh, God. Oh, my God. So many people, so many people in the church, so many people in the world are misrepresenting the true nature of God, the true plan of God. And it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. These are the last days that we are living in. And I want to take us to 2 Timothy 3. And it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. I want y'all to really listen to this. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, 
rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This one stood out to me the most. You know, um, all of these mm, thoughts, all of these words I just read are very bad. But bottom line, this sums it up. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. How many people know? Let me say this. How many of you heard the phrase, I'm going to do what I want? How many of you are around people who do things that make them feel good? It's, it's bad for them, but it makes them feel good. And it has, you know, whatever they're into that's not good for their soul. They have come up with a reason to say, don't judge me. God is love. Why can't I feel the way that I feel? This is who I am. Accept me for me. All of these things to get away from the truth, the original doctrine of God. Now, maybe I shouldn't use the word doctrine, but the original word, the original creation of God. So many people are fighting God right now. Why? So they can live the life that they desire. Laws that are just absolutely out of this world are trying to be passed for this generation to live in complete darkness. When I tell you there is a movement that's going across this whole entire earth for man, a real physical man to be a woman and a woman to be a man or a woman to identify herself in a way where she's not offended with being called a woman or a man that identifies himself as being transgender, whatever the case may be. All of this stuff is being pushed heavily in the community of transgender LGBTQ, and I know I say this all the time, I probably just destroyed that acronym, but that whole community is rising up and they are trying to be a big influence on children. This is so big, like you have no idea how big this really is like they are really removing 
or at least trying to remove heavily gender. No longer should people be called a he or a she, a man or a woman. And we all just sat here and listened to what God created from the very beginning. And you know what people are doing right now in the last days? They are shaking their fist at God and they're saying, I don't want your plan. I don't think it's right. I'm not interested. There is such evil darkness, gross darkness, like layer after layer after layer that is being performed behind the scenes that only God knows, only God knows. And at this point, me being a minister, I am only able to tell you the truth. That is all I'm created to do. Speak on behalf of the heart of God and give you the truth. I want you to listen to this because this is this is just the beginning of the war on gender. I want you to listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy. This is the final charge to Timothy. He said, this is Paul. He said, you. Let me, let me, let me back this up real quick. I apologize real quick. Paul was explaining to Timothy what the last days was going to look like. And I just read that, right? He said, they are kind. They are the kind who warm or worm, sorry, their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. This is how, this is Paul finishing up about how people are going to be in the last days. He said, these people are always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. And this is so true. Do you know how many people will argue with you about the truth? And they'll say all kind of bizarre things. And lately I've been telling myself it's not my fault that I know the truth. And I'm not going to back down from the truth. Because the truth really is liberating. It really does set you free. So I'm not going to argue with people about the truth. I'm going to speak the truth and if they catch on to the truth, they have an opportunity to change, right? So this is what 
um, Paul has said to Timothy, he said, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconum, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Many people believe that you will not suffer when you live a life of Christ, and that is far from the truth. You will suffer more because you're in war, you're in battle, and the enemy doesn't play fair. Everybody knows that, right? So Jesus, I mean, not Jesus, Paul said, while evildoers and imposters go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, you will be persecuted. He said, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from in infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for the salvation through the faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is good, or I'm sorry, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Sometimes being a teacher of the word doesn't feel good, but it's a good works before the Lord. Why? Because you're working on behalf of God. You're honoring the heart of the Father. People will come and crucify you and tell you you're evil, you are a liar. They will act just like they act when Jesus died on the cross. And what did they do to Jesus? Crucify him, crucify him. Cru All because Jesus was who he was. And Jesus told his disciples, listen, the world hated me first. They're going to hate you too. But no, there's a place in heaven for you. This war on gender is as real as it gets. And it is so far from the heart of God. And God just wants his people to know the truth. God wants to pull back the veil for you to see the truth and for you to decide what's good, what's real, what's wrong, what's right. We're going to continue on with more of this war on 
gender next week. This is just the introduction, but it's so much more that God wants me to share. Um, this world is being tainted. And last week, or no, two weeks ago, I told you there's a thief in the neighborhood. This is all stirred up by the enemy. All stirred up by the enemy. The enemy knows how to get the people of God, the real believers, upset. Because we can see the destruction. We can see right through his lies. And I told you all that he, God showed me that he, he came to steal the people's identity. I have it in front of me. He came to steal the identity It's right here, but I can't find it right now. It's right in front of me. But he came to steal the identity, kill your purpose, and destroy your very being. That's what it was. So therefore, he's come in a way where he wants you to look totally different than what God has created you to be. And he wants you to believe that God is something that he's not. He wants you to feel so crazy about the things of God, meaning he wants you to be, I, I just really feel like using the word perverted. He wants you to be so perverted, twisted against, you know, the, the true gospel. And this is all a part of his plan to get you furthest away from God as much as possible. But God is still standing there with open arms saying, I love you. I get it. I understand. Let's work on this thing together. Let me show you the truth. Let me show you how much I really love you. I'm telling y'all, the love of God changes everything. It just does. It's indescribable. And it's a real thing. So this is the beginning of the War on Gender series. I will be back for more. But if you didn't get anything out of tonight, you should have understood that God created man and woman to be together. For his own special plans and purpose. He created them to prosper, to take dominion, to rule and reign and for them to be blessed. This is not what is happening today. Today, the enemy has come and perverted almost everything that God loves. But God has the final say. I'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. So this concludes the teaching for part one for the war on gender. In the beginning, God created man. I hope that you got a lot out of this teaching. It was very insightful and eye-opening. I really want you to listen to this again and get it within your spirit.
because it's truth that you can grow on. Thanks for listening to Radiant Fire Radio. committed to excellence and truth as we conduct spiritual overwatch for your soul. We're committed to bringing the whole gospel to you. Simple truths given with intellectual integrity far better than Fox News and CNN combined. Please feel free to contact us with questions, comments, concerns at ChristopherRadiantFire.org Like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Amazon, Pandora, iHeartRadio and more. Until next time. That was your Overwatch, Einstein. You can thank him later.